BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carleen Higgins. Hey guys, welcome back to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Hello, Jill. What's going on? Hey, Carlene. I'm excited to be, you know, back in the swing of things with you. (laughs) And something that is very typical of you and I is Mm -hmm. that we worked really hard on something and then we forgot to tell people about it. Oh, no. (laughs) We're not so good at like post-promotion, I will say. No, we're not. We're always like looking ahead. I wanted to take a minute to just tell everybody that our website is live. It's new and improved. It's the same web address, which is breakingbeautypodcast.com. And we heard all of the feedback out there and we wanted to make it a lot easier for everyone to shop our website and to find products that we mention and to just search our back catalog. Mm -hmm. So it has a whole new improved look and feel way easier to search. And I think it's much more streamlined and hope that you all will check it out. So anything we mentioned in today or really any episode, we do an episode recap every week and you'll find it there. I love it. I think it looks great. That old thing that I toil away on every single week, (laughs) but never talk about (laughs) or promote. Yeah, that. (laughs) So speaking of fresh starts and kind of like makeovers and all the things we tend to think about at the beginning of a new year, I'm really excited about today's chat because we're getting out our magic crystal balls, you know, the purple crystal ball emoji to do an episode about the state of beauty for 2022. So where we've been in 2021 and like looking ahead, what we're excited about and what you guys really need to know about in the year ahead. Yes. And we have the best guest ever joining us. And that is Allure's editor-in-chief, Jessica Cruel. She was appointed editor of the magazine and the whole print and digital universe in August of last year. And she has risen through the ranks. She previously worked in their features department and was content director. And she's just crushing it and has been ever since she got the gig. Totally. And I think... One thing about Allure that, you know, we really appreciate is just how they've kind of changed the game in terms of like, we know fashion magazines used to be, you should wear this, you should look like this, and you should feel terrible about yourself if you don't do this. And, you know, Allure is just so different than that these days. It's all about inclusivity and embracing what you have. And one of the things that Jessica has spearheaded with her team there is the Melanin Edit. It's a new digital Allure platform exploring all things relating to Black beauty, skincare, and wellness. Very cool. And prior to joining Allure, Jessica worked as the Deputy Beauty Director at Refinery29, and she worked at Self and Pop Sugar. So really, who better to help us dissect what's going to be popping off 
in 2022. Yeah. So we'll find out what she believes are the biggest trends coming down the pike in makeup, skincare, celebrity lines. And we ask, can social media be canceled? Hmm. And we'll also find out where we're at with inclusivity, whether we had a good year in 2021, whether we're moving beyond lip service. And we'll find out why you won't find the words biodegradable and recyclable in any Allure articles this year. Yeah. And plus, Jessica is going to fill us in on what's topping her own top shelf in 2022. So stay tuned till the end for that. So let's get our trend forecast underway. Here she is. Welcome, Jessica Cruel. This week's episode is brought to you in part by The Way. So we're fans of hairstylist Jen Atkin around here at Breaking Beauty. And so really, it's no surprise that her brand, The Way, makes one of my very favorite shampoos that I've tried in quite some time. It's called the Detox Shampoo. And any hair type or texture can use it. Fine, medium, thick, curly, straight, wavy. But in particular, I think my fellow oily scalp peeps will absolutely love it. So it's a clarifying shampoo. I like to use it about once a week. And the end result is soft, swingy, shiny hair. It's mega lifted at the roots. And the main ingredients are apple cider vinegar. We know that's really helpful with clarifying. And it also has chelating agents in there. And those help to remove hard water deposits and impurities so your hair is less dull. Plus, it has hydrolyzed keratin that's going to soften and smooth frizz. And it's color safe. And you know what? I actually love it so much that I even bought their brand new travel size of the shampoo. I think it's wishful thinking for when I can go on a trip. So it's three ounces and I'll have great hair when I'm on vacation next time. And something Jen Atkin really nailed with the whole way line is the scents and the fragrances. The Detox Shampoo features their famous Melrose Place fragrance. It's really soft, velvety rich rose scent. It's got cedarwood in there and white musk as well. It just basically smells like a very expensive spa in my shower whenever I use this shampoo without being overpowering. And good news, the way now has body products as luxurious as the famed Detox Shampoo. I can't wait to try these out. They have a new body cream and a body cleanser. They're both hydrating, skin softening, and they have that iconic whey fragrance. And they have nourishing ingredients like jojoba, seed oil, and rosehip oil. So experience the new way Melrose Place body creme and body cleanser. Your body, your way. Go to theway.com. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use our code BEAUTY to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at theway.com. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code BEAUTY. We'll link to that offer in our show notes and on our website. Now back to today's chat. As a parent... Do you ever wish someone could just whisper some realistic and trustworthy support in your ear and not make you feel awful for not having all the answers? Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, developmental psychologist, parent educator, clinical professor, and I'm a mom. My goal is to make your parenting journey less overwhelming and a lot more joyful. Please join me every Friday for new episodes of Raising Good Humans. So we want to just dive right in with some of the hot topics du jour. And, you know, it feels only right that we kick off today's chat talking about another Jessica, well, Sarah Jessica. And uh, full disclosure, we're recording this two days or just the week after and just like that dropped. So I'm curious, did you watch the premiere? Carlene hasn't seen it yet and she's managed to avoid spoilers, which I think is a huge Yes. But do you have any initial reactions? Did you watch it first of all, I guess? So I didn't watch it yet. I is on my list of things to watch, but I'm saving and hoarding a lot of things for the holiday. Yeah, I good am idea. Also, classic binge watcher in the sense that I like to watch it all at once. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. have to wait 
I've been trained by Netflix to watch like seven seasons at <laughs> once. Yeah. So I haven't watched As You Like It. Wait, is that? And just like that. And just like that. And just like that. <laughs> and just like that. <laughs> and just like that. Um, dot, yet. dot, dot. That's how, that's the yeah. official title. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm just going to say my piece on it and you guys are going to have to hear me and I'm not going to tell you anything that happened, but I do think it's, actually astonishing that you've managed to avoid any spoilers at all both of you but you know Mm -hmm. certainly in the first brunch scene there's Carrie there's Miranda and there's Charlotte and they go out to brunch of course and you know they talk right away about aging they talk about gray hair they talk about their faces they Hmm. they they name check their age Charlotte's like I'm 55 years old and then you Hmm. know that right out of the gate they're talking about that and Kristen Davis who plays Charlotte she was just interviewed by the Sunday Times or the Sunday Times Style Magazine in the UK and she was like kind of in shock about the online trolling that was happening with them Hmm. even though they came out of the gate and said right away we acknowledge okay we're not 25 years old anymore you know they kind of put it into the dialogue but she went on to say everyone wants to comment pro nay or whatever about her hair faces and this and that the level of intensity was a shock. So she was talking about how she wasn't really mentally prepared for like that onslaught. Mm. And it's really interesting to revisit like sex in the city in the digital age, you know, and social media. So, you know, I feel like that really does lead into our chat today. And, you know, we're going to be looking at the year ahead and certainly social media is such a huge part of that. And, you know, is the biggest topic that we want to kick off with. And I wonder, Jessica, did you clock the news in recent months about Lush, you know, putting their stake in the ground and saying, we're done with social media, we're done with Facebook, we're done with the meta universe, as it were. They deleted TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, and kind of said, you know, it's not good for mental health for our young people, so we're out. They canceled it. They canceled Yeah, they canceled it, social they media. Yeah, so I'm just um, curious what you made of that news and whether you think that's going to spark any kind of change or did it strike you as like publicity stunt or what? Look, I commend them. I will say I am a Lush fan. I've been out to their headquarters and seen what they do. And I think from the beginning when they were founded, the way they do kind of no packaging and you can go in the store and buy like loose soap, they've always had a strong stance around sustainability mm-hmm. and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I think I see what they are trying to do. However, social media is such a big powerhouse. It's like, it's like if a tree falls in the forest (laughs) and no one's there (laughs) to see it. But, you know, I read up on it and and they're definitely using other platforms, right? They're Mm -hmm. still using Pinterest. They're still using Twitter. They're just using um, platforms, right, that are less harmful to young people. I think this whole, we've been talking a lot about the Facebook whistleblower and the content that came out of that you know, kind of information dump. And it's scary. It's scary to think what influence social media has on people's mental health, especially teenagers who are very vulnerable. So I can understand a, a brand taking a strong stance against it. However, I think we'll see what happens in a couple of years and, and see, you know, if you're able to maintain, because I don't say that the consumer is so trained at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Use an Instagram or a TikTok. True. It's the first app that I open in the morning. And it's so such a, and it's such a discovery platform, right? Like that's exactly. where you find out about what to buy next, what's trending, what's cool, what's going viral. Right. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, in a way, there are two ways to look at it. You know, is Instagram and TikTok, are those a beacon of bad stuff? Yes. <laughs> I mean, we can all agree. Mm-hmm. 
But I also think there's a, a word for brands and, and beauty brands, but also media companies who are trying to put positivity out to counteract the negativity that is out there. So I do think yeah. that, you know, there's a place for everyone in that mix. And unfortunately, these behemoths are so big and so powerful that we would need a series of brands to get together and say, like, we are no longer using your platform for it to make a, a big dent. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to know how they would plan to market to people, right? Because you just, you get forgotten if you're not in the in the common discourse, right? So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see, like, what is your plan then, right? Especially for young people, that is how they discover everything. So... I think Jill, you had a, they knew they were going to lose money, right? Yeah. It was $13 yeah. million. Dollars. They said they knew right up, like up front. They were like, yeah, we know that's going to hit our bottom line, but we're hoping that we can reach people in new ways and it'd be less toxic. So it's a gamble without question. And I think that, you know, some people might argue it's a publicity stunt. I would say they probably got $13 million worth of media mentions and press out of it. <laughs> Without question. So remains to be seen if other people are going to follow in their footsteps. But I do think brands and creators are getting totally frustrated with Instagram and the algorithm and everything. And Amy O'Dell wrote a a great newsletter about that recently. And just how she talks about like how much longer can fashion and Instagram be like hand in hand? You know what I mean? And maybe there's going to be something else that pops up that's more influential. Yeah. yeah, I do think that they've remained on two very important platforms, which are YouTube and Twitter. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. you know, YouTube is every person under 15 that I meet wants to be a YouTube YouTuber at their job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, what do you want to do when you grow up? <laughs> I want to be a YouTuber. Included. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and then obviously Twitter has a, a strong uh, following among like, you know, writers and, you know, there's Black Twitter. It's very strong there. So yeah. I think they're going to find new ways to market to people. And I'm definitely going to keep my eye on it because I think we have this culture is like, there's always something new. There's Clubhouse, there's TikTok, there's Twitch, you know? So it's like the pace is never ending. Yeah. And I do think that Instagram is running scared a little bit. Like just last week, they announced, weirdly enough, they tweeted the news that, or just recently, they announced that they are going to be bringing back the chronological timeline, which people have been asking for forever. Like everyone's like, please bring that back. No one's asking for reels or, you know, even from a consumer experience, like there's been so many things that have come up that stickers and all of these bells and whistles and people are like, no, we just want to see people in our time feed and not these same 30 people over and over and over again. They said that will improve mental health because you're not going to be sucked into these rabbit holes of singular voices. So I do think that will help. Yeah. Okay. Finally, after however many years. Okay. So I want to talk about celebrities and, you know, I think 2021 was the year of the celebrity fronted brand. Like I kind of lost count at some point. And so that must, yeah, that must have been a, like a dream, though, as the editor of Allure, because I'm sure they all want to drop an exclusive with Allure first, like get the Allure cover and the exclusive. And um, when they're dropping a brand, I know like Ariana Grande was on the cover of Allure for her first chat about her line Ram Beauty. And what do you think we'll see from celebs in 2022? Like, where's the Beyonce drop? Like, I, I don't know what else is left. Or what about I, Lizzo? Yeah, I think she might have a deal. She should work. drop. Yeah, something. she has a. Lizzo is has a deal, but I, yeah. I think, um, look, every year we say to ourselves, can there be any more celebrity brands? <laughs> like we wrote a whole um, essay and feature on celebrity, like the phenomenon of the celebrity beauty brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And honestly, 
it's never going to end because, you know, new celebrities pop up and then every new celebrity has to have a new line. Here at the end of this year, Billie Eilish has a fragrance. Like Harry Styles has pleasing. We already are on the radar of a couple of people launching things next year that you will be seeing in Allure. So it's kind of an endless, endless um, barrage of celebrity lines. But I think what we're going to be seeing is that I think this whole thing has evolved to where it used to be literally just a celebrity's face. You know, it was like a, basically like a licensing deal. It's like you license your name and then the beauty brand creates whatever product they want to create. I think now the celebrity is much more involved, much more Mm hands-on than they used to be. And to me, that is kind of interesting to see when they bring their perspective as a consumer or their background Mm -hmm. into these beauty lines. So we actually, in a story we did in one of our issues, we highlighted some brands we wanted to see. And already two of those brands have come to life. Harry Styles and Machine Gun Kelly both yeah. put out beauty oh, brands yeah. as soon as we were like, we yeah. want to see them. So we're excited about that. This episode is brought to you in part by The Anki List. Happy 2022. Anyone make any skincare resolutions this year? I have, and it's that I'm going to protect my skin barrier at all costs this season because my skin does have a tendency to get extra dehydrated in the winter, and once it's damaged, it gets red, everything's sensitive, and it's really hard to build back that skin barrier at that point. So here's my plan. You know we love a beauty sandwich around here at Breaking Beauty. I'm going to start a personal hydration sandwich routine. That's right. It's going to start with my cleansing step which is why I'm so excited to try the Inky List's new hyaluronic acid cleanser designed to keep skin hydrated for up to 48 hours. And it's got a light foaming texture to it. It basically not only breaks down makeup and sunscreen, but it's all about keeping your face hydrated until your next cleanse. Then I'm going to layer on a hyaluronic acid hydrating toner, and then I'm going to seal it all in with a moisturizer. Could be a balm if you like something that's more heavier, or if you want something more lightweight, that's okay because you are infusing hydration at every step. If you have oily skin, you can try something like the Inky List New Omega Water Cream Moisturizer that's nice and light to lock it all in. Hydration really is key to revealing your healthiest skin, so why not start right with that first step in your daily routine? To transform your skin to hydrated, healthier skin, Head over to theinkylist.com to purchase your hyaluronic acid cleanser now. We'll link to those products in our show notes and our website. With the Inky List, knowledge is your most powerful ingredient. Now back to the show. What's your next prediction yeah. then? Because you obviously are good at this. <laughs> well, Lizzo's on our list of people who are like, yes. any minute now, something's gonna yep. drop. She just has too many good looks. Agree. What about just like makeup trends? What do you think is gonna be the next big? thing. Um, Is there anything that's kind of on your radar we haven't heard of yet or something you would wish for in 2022? What do you think? So obviously, I think this last year, there's been a a huge push towards like bright eyes. I think while we were Mm -hmm. all wearing masks on the bottom half of our face, the eyes came back into kind of focus with graphic eyeliner, neons. You know, my whole staff is raving about the Halsey about face. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. paints, pigments. And I was just on set mm-hmm. the other day. The artist was using those paints. And so it's all about the neon bright colors with high pigment and high saturation for eyes. But then 
on the flip side of that, you have people like me who are not going to be wearing neon <laughs> eyeshadow in 2022 because I never did before and I won't like I won't ever really get into it. But I do think, you know, being on Zoom has made people pare things down. Like mm-hmm. for me, if I can put on a red lip, that's all you're getting out of me. Like I'm not I'm not doing <laughs> much in the makeup department, but I do feel that we're starting as an industry and I hope it's more, we're doing more of this. You mentioned, you know, aging before. And, you know, we personally at Allure don't speak much on anti-aging, but it's about this comfortability, right? Mm-hmm. Acne neutrality, right? Not calling attention to the things or wearing acne um, patches that are bright and colorful. You know, you almost saw me with a star face patch today. I couldn't <laughs> find one, but uh, you know, it's about accepting that and embracing that, embracing the texture, embracing the acne stars, embracing dark spots and all of that. And saying like, I'm not trying to cover this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to enhance my best features. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a message that we're going to continue to see because after being at home all the time and not having to do the whole full face beat, I think people are Mm -hmm. getting more comfortable with themselves. And, you know, I think this is the same for hair too, right? Spending less time styling and more time just like washing and going is something I think we're going to see a lot of next year. Okay. Well, I have to say with the neon eyeliner thing, probably the reason you're not getting that into it is like you have the most amazing glasses collection. (laughs) Like, Every photo I see of you, and like right now she's wearing these like really cool tortoise shell frames. Like that is like kind of your signature, it seems. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like you don't need to go like, you know, all in on the neon Halsey paints. Yeah. No, I, I, I love glasses. I tell people I hate shopping for clothes, but you put me in a glasses shop and I'm like, yes, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. I love glasses. And so I agree. I'm always like skimping on the eye makeup. I'm more of a blush <laughs> lip kind of girl. Yeah. But I think even in market, we're seeing a lot of like skin tints, right? Mm-hmm. The skin tint mm-hmm. is back. What used to, formerly known mm-hmm. as a tinted moisturizer, like it's back in a big way because people just want that sheer coverage, no matter what the state of their skin might be. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are loving the Ilia skin tint for sure. And, yeah. you know, something that I've been noticing is just like the return of the lip liner for sure. I mean, this mm-hmm. 90s moment will not go away in terms of makeup and makeup by Mario just finally joined TikTok. And I really appreciate that because I found before with his master classes, as wonderful as they were, we went to one, Carlene, we were basically sitting front row mm-hmm. when he was at Sephora, like in 2018. It's still like a lot to take in when he's doing a whole face. And TikTok is allowing him to break down his tips little by little. And it's like that extreme macro kind of detail shot. And he did this whole trick about lip lifting. And it is so easy to follow. And everyone, like literally I watched it and I went in the other room and got my pillow talk lip liner. Like I think he's created a whole movement. And then like Michaela took that tip and Michaela from TikTok took that tip and she's doing it. And I think that we're definitely going to be seeing more of that. And maybe that's a response to the whole like, People not getting as much filler, but they want to like cheat the look. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. For, and you'll see more of that this year. Well, I dispute the fact that lip liner is coming back. I thought oh. lip liner was always in. I never <laughs> let it go. Okay, I've been using good. Matt Cork from the jump since I started wearing makeup. <laughs> Actually, it. me and my one of my staffers had a big debate because she's a big into red lipstick and told me she never wears lip liner. And I was like, oh. <gasps> I like literally clutches pearls. <laughs> like, I can't believe you just said that. I'm a huge lip liner fan, but I'm glad to see that, you know, people are realizing the ways that you can, you know, I think that's 
what a lot of artists, professional artists will tell you, makeup can help you cheat a lot of things that yeah. you don't have to oh, yeah. go to the extent of, you know, like contouring. You don't have to go to the extent of getting a facelift. If that's what you prefer, mm. you can get to look through amazing makeup. One of the things that you said, though, that I think is, and again, Allure has done this so well in terms of breaking down taboo topics and like making space for inclusivity in ways that, you know, all kinds of ways that people haven't talked about for a long time. So even like I've seen articles on your site about like nipple hair and normalizing Mm -hmm. it. And, you know, I think recently you did a story on baldness and like embracing baldness. And you had, did you have a personal connection with people like your loved ones in the, in the, in sort of the, not the campaign, in the the photo shoot or... Yeah. So my mom wasn't in the the feature, although I'm sure she would have loved to be in the feature, but my mom uh, (laughs) is bald. My mom went bald. And this year during the panorama, she wore her bald head out for the first time. And she really inspired me because I'll never forget a couple of years ago, she had locks and, you know, she still had kind of patches in her locks. And so she had me sit down and shave her head. And from since then she was wearing wigs and, you know, scarves and things to kind of hide her head. But this year she was just like, look, I'm tired. I don't want to do all this anymore. And so she started to wear her head out. And, but, you know, a couple of months before she started to do that, you know, we were talking and she just said, you know, I just don't want people to talk about me. I'm so worried about what our family will think, what other people will think. I just, I'm not confident enough. And so we had been talking in Allure's offices about hair loss and how it affects so many people Um, especially women, although most of the studies are done for men. And it's Mm -hmm. something that we just felt deserved more conversation. And we did a poll of our readers and they were super interested in hair loss and hair thinning. So we decided to do kind of a whole package around the truth about hair loss. And that shoot that you all saw, we we, uh, shot three amazing people who are bald and told their stories. And soon after that, my mom wore her head out for the first time with some big hoop earrings and her yeah. red lipstick and her glasses. And I just yeah. think that's how we come up with stories in Allure oftentimes. It's like somebody's family member will be talking to them or a friend will be talking to them and, and it starts a conversation. And then I love to see it have that kind of circular effect. Like she inspired the story, but then also she benefited from it because it made her feel more confident to hear other people's stories. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And Jill sent me an article actually the other day from The Atlantic. They had written that it was, what, what was the title of it, Jill? It's uh, the, year. Year, the Year America's Hair Fell Out. Yes. Yeah. And it really was about, you know, I think it's people, it's not just a coincidence. Like people are talking about it more, but this article basically said like people's hair is falling out more. That grammar is probably terrible. But, you know, because it's stress and it's mm-hmm. trauma and it there actually is science behind it. And then there's also some people whose hair fell out due to COVID as well. Mm-hmm. Like literally they had COVID and they were dealing with this as like a post symptom, you know, mm-hmm. post COVID symptoms. So yeah, it was interesting, this collective hair falling out thing that's happening. And then what I liked about your article is this idea that it is a choice, just like, you know, hair removal is... Mm-hmm. 
you can or you don't have to. But yeah, for some, and there's pe- all for some people, of- it's a choice. For some people, it's a choice. For yeah. some people, for yeah. I mean, whether you're going to cover it up, whether yeah, you want to wear a wig I or see. you don't is a choice, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I also agree so, yeah. that, you know, this is the year of people's hair falling out because of all those serious reasons that you stated. I do think it's linked to stress. It's linked to hormones. It's linked to all of that. I think also we have a lot of people at home doing their hair for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I yeah. see for myself, not everyone's good at doing their own hair. And so I'm sure a lot of hair was mm-hmm. falling out because of that, too. <laughs> good point. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> true. Like, I, I was dyeing my help. hair at home. So true. <laughs> Never thought so you'd true. see the day, Carlene. Right? <laughs> I know. I was DIYing my hair color. I couldn't believe it. God. <laughs> I guess on the topic of sort of these taboo topics being broken down. I think another trend that Jill and I have been talking about, I don't know if you've noticed, is this new sexual wellness category that just absolutely boomed in the past year. So we're talking about these kind of like luxury lubes and washes and wipes and there's everything for your private areas. And like so many celebrities are getting involved. Like I think Dakota Johnson is involved. She's the co-creative director of Mod, I think it's called, that dropped at Detox Market this fall. It's like you can now buy vibrators at the bookstore right next to like the paperbacks. So yeah, it's kind of crazy. And I, I wonder what you make of all of this. Well, I think obviously we're at all at home and I think we all saw a boom in like vibrator and pleasure accoutrements uh, over the last year while everyone was stuck inside. The dating game was real dusty during the (laughs) pandemic. So I think that's one reason why people were taking a a time to kind of be with themselves. And so I can totally understand that. I think as far as we're seeing all over the industry, like the focus has moved to body for sure. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I think we've seen that this younger generation is really into skincare, which is great because skincare is based everything. But I do think that you know, we're looking beyond the neck and going mm-hmm. deeper and seeing what skin elsewhere might need. And for me, like product wise, I've been seeing a lot of like body brands using face only, what well, was a, before considered face only ingredients, like, you know, hyaluronic mm-hmm. acid or lactic acid, or, you know, like BHAs all over your body, yeah. which is great for things like KP. And, you know, if you have darkness or hyperpigmentation, yeah, keratosis prolaris, mm-hmm. sorry. Okay. So these are like, things that I'm really interested in. I think I am all for sexual wellness. I think we have to be careful though, because I going off book, but like my, both my parents are OBGYNs. So I must say mm-hmm. medically your vagina is a self-cleaning <laughs> oven and yep. you don't need yep. any special wash or special wipes for that area. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, taking off my do- doctor, daughter of a doctor hat, you know, I definitely understand this idea of wanting to take care of your, your body. What's next? Okay. So we want to chat with you a little bit about inclusivity and, you know, was 2021 a quote unquote good year for diversity in your opinion, Jessica? You know, I know in 2020 we had pull up or shut up with Sharon mm-hmm. Shooter. And I'm curious if you really think progress was made in moving into 2022, whether, you know, what that's going to look like. So I do think progress has been made. I I honestly think that a lot of retailers, you know, with things like pull up or shut up and 15% pledge really were put out there in a way that they weren't expecting, like Black Square debacle of like 
you put up the black square, but then you hired 0.5 black people last year. Like, you know, I think that is something that brands were looking at internally. And I think the racial reckoning wasn't just one that we saw in politics. It was one we saw across the entire kind of scope of commercialism and industry. So I do think that there was change. I hope that it wasn't just a, you know, publicity or lip service that brands are doing. I think brands that took the pledge, one thing I've noticed a lot is that a lot of Black-owned brands are now in the stores at Sephora, for example, or being highlighted by bigger box stores like Ulta. And I think that's positive no matter what, you know, to give these brands that platform and that opportunity for sales and that marketing is so essential. And I, I think that will only be expanding throughout the years. I do think that a lot of brands have a tendency to be like, okay, we, you know, we checked the black box. Now we're on to the other bo- the box, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> now we're going to move on to Latinx. Now we're going to move on to Asian, you know, like, and so I, I want to make sure that, you know, as brands, we're not just reactionary. We are looking at this as like, okay, the world is a world full of color and we have to represent everyone when we create product or, you know, stock our shelves or make a magazine. And so I, I want to make sure that every brand isn't just saying like, oh, we're focused on, you know, the Black audience this year and then next year we're going to focus on, <laughs> you know, yeah. like this yeah. little that box portion of the audience. Thing. For sure. And I think just basically they just need a strategy around it. I think there was no strategy. It was just not talked Mm -hmm. about in a lot of boardrooms. And now hopefully brands are thinking of it more long term and actually putting tangible goals in place. And, you know, Carlene had shared with me that 13 Loon. So Nayako Greco was on our show back Mm -hmm. earlier this or earlier in 2021. And they, you know, have this luxury platform for BIPOC founded brands and they announced a big $3 million funding round led by the Fearless Fund, I believe it is. So I think that's, we're actually seeing more venture capital be put into BIPOC brands too. And I think that's, that is so key to lift up the next generation too of founders and leaders. So they'll be taking these chances and and launching the brand of their dreams, you know? I also think it's, you know, what you said that was important is that these brands need to be hiring people behind the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To kind of continually make sure that the message is on point and to make sure that you're reaching people. I think these audiences especially, they want to see who's behind the scenes. You know, we launched the Melanin Edit at Allure and it was, you know, for Black and Brown and Melanin-rich people. And it's like knowing that it was from our Black editors, I think made all the difference, right? It's not just sure. a marketing play. It's something that we created for our friends and for ourselves. And that makes a difference. And I think a lot of these big brands are realizing that. And so they're hiring differently. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because like many of you might know, I had started intermittent fasting just before the pandemic. And when you're burning a ton of calories running every morning, I just felt like I needed more fuel. Rather than downing a glass of water, I'd add a scoop of Athletic Greens and both myself and my running partner got super into it. It's been like a key part of our fitness routine. So it's a powder supplement. You just add one scoop to a glass of water and voila, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's like a super concentrated green juice without the blender. Come on, lazy slash busy. 
And it tastes kind of sweet, not too sweet. I like to add an ice cube into mine. What I notice is it helps with my energy level and my digestion. I know that the Athletic Greens founder, he created this when he was experiencing gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine that was costing him $100 a day. That's why you now have this all-in-one formula. I picture this being like what NASA might use in space. It's like that one scoop helps support gut health, nervous system, immune system, recovery, focus, aging, everything. And guess what? For every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including no kids hungry in the U.S. I love that. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash beauty. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash beauty to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're moving on to shopping for beauty, our favorite topic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about, so the Allure gift guide. So we want to talk about how the way that we shop is changing. So there's beauty on demand that's happening. There's like, you can shop through gaming and I know live shopping you guys at Allure did your gift guide via Talk Shop Live. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about how that went down. Yeah, it was so much fun. I, I think, look, people want to buy things. And the wonderful thing about Allure is that we have a lot of product here that we sample all the time. And at our root, our job is to let people know what's good and, and what's worth the money. And so... I also think that we have a lot of characters on staff that you don't get to see a lot of, a lot of pros, a lot of people who have great personalities and great, like we all have different desires, right? Like I'm not the makeup person, but then Gabby and our team loves makeup and does like a full beat with lash like every day. You couldn't get me to walk out my house in that no day of the week. You know, I'm more of like relaxed hair, maybe skin, Yeah not at night, but you know, like, so it was great for people to see our personalities. And and really it was just kind of us filming. We called in a bunch of products that we love for holiday. And we just literally just, no one practiced. There weren't any lines. We were just standing there sharing our favorite things and being our true selves. And I think it was really interesting to watch people comment live, ask questions live and also shop live, you know, talk shop live. So I think, you know, when you originally think about it, it feels very like QVC, right? It feels mm-hmm. very interesting mm-hmm. QVC, which is kind of a throwback. But the way people can shop through their phones and immediately there, I think is, you know, very interesting. I'm curious if this is something that you would, you could see, like, would influencers start doing this? Because oh, yeah. we know they move so much product. Or is this yeah. more like, do you have to have a Shopify store in the background or what? You know, I think there, I think we'll see a lot of brands collaborating to do things like this Mm. because look, it's the mix of everything, right? Like I don't think Instagram has quite figured out commerce quite Mm. yet. Like the shopping Mm. for beauty Mm. in particular, I think they might do a little bit better with fashion. I think TikTok things go viral, but you can't predict it. It's like, you never know when the thing is going to just take off. You didn't, Mm. no one predicted Clinique Black Honey was going to go crazy on TikTok and get sold out. Like Clinique wasn't (laughs) having some master plan on that. Mm. So I think 
this live shopping platforms are kind of like the best of both worlds in the sense that, you know, this new younger audience is so used to watching things live like that, that are off the cuff Mm -hmm. and kind of random based on their training Mm -hmm. on Instagram and TikTok. Granted, it's a little bit longer than their attention span usually is, but I do think that, you know, the ability to shop right there is something that lends itself to, yeah, influencers, but also I think brands are going to be the ones who kind of lean into it first. Yeah, it's, I've seen it lots already. Like lots of them are part, they partner with big brands like Lancome Mm -hmm. is doing it. And I've seen a lot of L'Oreal brands get on board with this model and they have like a trainer and the influencer and she brings her Mm -hmm. audience and they're chatting about product and it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the flip beauty shopping app, you know, shopping in app, the gaming apps, dressed and all of that. It's uh, the future for sure. I think the gaming is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Like I've been reading up on that because of course I'm not a gamer myself, but my kids are. And that's really where the next generation, they're like, that's where their eyeballs are more than social media even. And so the the fact that these brands like NARS and who else is in, like, who else is playing in there? Like Glossier, Gucci Beauty, the fact that they're kind of teaming up with these games and even gamers, like female Mm -hmm. gamers is like fascinating to me. Yeah. I, we talk so much about Twitch as a platform because I just feel that, you know, we talk so much about anime and cosplay and gaming, which Mm -hmm. I think is all kind of in the same family. And it's obvious to me that this is like another leg of beauty that is really bursting. Mm -hmm. And I think we also talk a lot, you know, our job is to critique I also talk a lot about how the beauty standards there are sometimes troublesome. Like if we are all going to move to the metaverse, are we going to take our trashy 90s beauty standards with us? Mm -hmm. We can't. So how do we democratize that space so it looks more like reality versus this virtual reality where everyone's green, but also big breasted and tiny waist and large hips? You know, like how do we make sure avatars in the metaverse is, you know, curvy and different colored and, you know, has acne or whatever. The future is now, guys. That's what I'm saying. So (laughs) we also want to talk to you, Jessica, about something I find fascinating, which is this whole world of like beauty NFTs, the non-fungible tokens. And so basically it's kind of like digital collectibles. They're minted with blockchain technology and they're usually paid for with cryptocurrency. Like NARS is into this, Givenchy, Elf Cosmetics, Jeffree Star and more. Like, does this new way of shopping have legs? Like, is it do you think it's going to go mainstream or what's your take on them? Well, I'll just say I had a meeting a couple of weeks ago where one of my staffers literally sat down and tried to explain NFTs with me. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you are going to have to go back and try it again because I still don't quite get it. I think yeah. I'm still like, yeah. so wait, how do they pay for it? Like, is it like, where's the money? But where's the yeah. bank? But where's the mm-hmm. gold blocks? Like, yeah. I'm so old school in that sense. But I do think what's interesting to me is, you know, with these brands, it's capturing exclusivity. Yeah. Because I do think that people like exclusive stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think we've all, like for me, I think what I'm interested to see is who's going to bring back discontinued things. Yeah. Because we all know that there are brands and there are companies that have diehard fans over certain products and then they get discontinued and you're never happy again. You're like, If only they would bring back that one thing that I loved from, you know, 10 years ago, I would be satisfied. So I'm interested in, for those particular brands that have cult followings and, you know, collectors, what they'll be able Mm -hmm. to do with NFTs, right? What they'll be able to say like, okay, we're going to launch seven exclusive lipsticks or whatever that are only available through NFT. 
and what that looks like. But I do think, you know, the space is still very bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Silicon yeah. broy. So yeah. we'll have to see what it grows to be. So we want to talk about what you're personally excited for next year, you know, upcoming product drop or a brand that you've made room for on your top shelf recently. Let's hear it. I'm really interested kind of talking about, you know, philanthropy and everything is like all the things that we're seeing that are now refillable. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really mm-hmm. interested to see where we're going. Last year, we banned words like recyclable and biodegradable and allure not banned. We got rid of, but you know, like, I think it's, we're starting to have honest conversations about plastic, <laughs> you know, like mm. is any plastic better than any other plastic is our things, you know, getting recycled properly. And so this idea that things are going to be refillable, I think is something like even, you know, got refillable deodorants coming out. You've got, you know, all these ways that brands are trying to think about how do we not have things being thrown away? How can we upcycle? So I'm really interested in that and where that's going to take us. Maybe you could just explain, just unpack for a second what you meant by those words that you, you're not using. So recyclable and what was the other word you said? Biodegradable. Biodegradable. So explain yeah. why. So your writers are not using those words anymore. Maybe you could explain why. Yeah, I think it's more about, you know, what's, you know, our job as journalists is to say, you know, this is marketing or this is not. Mm -hmm. And so I think, yes, we can say, I still put products in the recycling bin, but the truth of Mm -hmm. the matter is that the way that our recycling system works as a nation, only about, I don't know the exact number, you know, only about 15% of stuff that's put in the recycling bin even gets recycled. So if that's the case, can we call anything recyclable? And with Mm -hmm. words like biodegradable, Well, things are biodegradable under specific conditions after about 50 years, (laughs) you know, like, but it's also like, but did you put it in a plastic bag or did you put it in a compost bin? You know, there are just so many rules when it comes to something that is going to degrade, biodegrade. So I think we, for us, are trying to say like, okay, the science shows that it's sure it's biodegradable, but it's highly unlikely that the way you're disposing of it, Mm. it's going to actually biodegrade. So... We cannot, you know, truthfully stand by these terms. It's really, yeah, you know, fair. a lot of this marketing, you know? It's misleading. So, it's misleading, It's misleading, right, right, right. Let's close it out. Our final question. What is the one product discovery from 2021 that was so good, it's going to be on your top shelf in 2022 again? Oh, don't make me choose just one. <laughs> okay, three. Okay. Yes. Three. Okay. Thank you. Um, Okay. All right. So three things for me, the U beauty resurfacing compound. Mm -hmm. I know there was a lot of debate over it. Some people aren't fans. Some people love it. I'm on the love list. I used it today. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, there's like Mm -hmm. a tolerance period where you have Mm -hmm. to like get used to it, but it's like, cool. I love that stuff. I'm on my like third Mm -hmm. bottle at this point. So okay. I will keep using that into 2022. I am a huge fan of Ami Cole lip oil. It is, yeah. my, it's, I've got like one okay. in every bag. I've got one right here across from me. So I keep that one in my bag. A third thing. Hmm. Oh, so I, this year, I have very itchy scalp, but Taraji P. Henson scalp scrub was mm. one that oh, yeah. I think launched in 2019, but I have been using all through 2020 and actually that whole line. Like the other day I was going on a, on a TV spot and my mom was like, are you using the Taraji P. Henson twist and set? 
because your hair looks best when you use that. So we're big TPH <laughs> hair fans. Mom, mom knows. <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah. that line is so gorgeous. It's at Target, but it looks like it's Orbe, I swear. It it's does. Like the it's... packaging is like next level luxe. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. Okay. Sign for a deal. Thank you so much for your time today. It was so nice to meet you and get all of your insights. Everyone's going to love it. And we feel like we're ready for 2022. Yes. Get ready. One year, another year down. And I, I can't wait to see what things that we cannot predict that come up. Oh, because that's always yeah, the fun part true. of I'm things scared. that happen. I know. Don't be scared. <laughs> I mean, there's sure to be some bumps. But I also think there are going to be some really creative stuff coming out of 2022. Things that we can't predict. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find details on every product mentioned in today's episode, along with our exclusive promo codes on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Every episode will be delivered directly to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And get social with us. Let us know what you think of the episode. You can follow us on Instagram at breakingbeautypodcast. And did you know we also have a private Facebook group? Just search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. You can even leave us a voicemail at any time with questions or feedback at 1-844-227-0302. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, where you can show us some love by writing a review. See you next Wednesday. 